Welcome to the Packaging Therapist Podcast, the show where we discuss technical packaging problems so that you can solve them for your business. everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Packaging Therapist, where we talk about technical packaging topics to help you make informed decisions for your business. I'm really excited. Today, we have Kim Carswell here. She is a seasoned leader in sustainable packaging with 40 years of experience in both CPG and big food names like General Mills, Kraft Foods, and Target. Over that time, she has built a strong network across the packaging value chain and served on the boards of the SPC, or the Sustainable Packaging Coalition, and the Recycling Partnership. Today, she is a consultant on her own, as well as a member of the new Navigate program from the Sustainable Packaging Coalition. The Navigate team is a group of seasoned packaging professionals working with clients to advance their sustainability um, goals in packaging. So I'm really excited to talk today because I feel like there's a lot of tension in food manufacturing around sustainability and what does that mean and how are we going to comply and it's just very stressful and so one of the things that i want people to take away from this call it or this podcast is ways that they can help their company navigate the sustainability space right so if you think of the comans right now a lot of them are suffering a little bit with like a ton of different requests from their customers when it comes to meeting sustainability goals and a way we can kind of reframe that if we're if we're co-mans is, hey, if I come up with a goal, if I come up with a plan, then I can share that with my customers because ultimately we're all trying to get to a place where um, our packaging is more sustainable, right? And it can be confusing to get there, um, especially if you're receiving a hundred different requests. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about hey, what does it mean to start a sustainability plan? It just seems crazy, super hard, um, but it's not. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then once you get on that journey, you only maybe you only get so far and then you get stuck and it becomes, oh, now I'm stuck. Okay, what should we do now? So um, those are the two topics for the day. And um, I appreciate you being on the show. So let's kick it off. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what it means to start a plan for your company? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me. What I've learned from my time at Target was basically a lot of the work I did was outside the company to find places to understand goals. But there was a whole other skill set that was needed inside the company to actually operationalize the work internally. And that depends on a lot of things. And so some of the things to think about to start the conversation in your own company is what are your consumers or customers telling you? Because that's very much something everyone listens to. Two is just just simply assess your assess your system so you can understand what are your inputs, how you make your design choices, how your distribution system works, how your product's used, and what's the end of life, just to understand what you're using and not using as you think about your packaging. Looking at the competition is another great example. What are they focusing on and why? Um, the new plastics economy is a great way to also bring this conversation up in your company. Think about eliminating your what pack plaque plastic, eliminating the plastic packaging that you don't need, trying to circulate everything you have, and then innovating to get everything to be in a circle or reusable. And that's kind of a very simple um, three-pillar approach is to eliminate, circulate, and then innovate. Another way to look at this, if your company's more data-driven, is to look at the data. Like, what, how much packaging are you using? How much plastic are you using based on your sales and your packaging? If you have the data, that catches good attention for people to think about it. And then lastly, more of a kind of um, 
uh, we need to do this kind of mentality is legislation. There's a lot of legislation out there across the states in EPR, which is extended producer responsibility, which will tax a package basically on how recyclable it is. The more recyclable it is, the less you would be charged, but it's a fee that would be new for a company. And that would be something you want to bring up with your financial team and your key leaders to understand the impact of that, the scope, the timing, the uh, reporting requirements. And so depending on and then are there any yeah where you sit it's you could pick one of those to talk about because it would just help you just start the conversation before you even think about what mm-hmm. goals to have and how to actually start work yeah so one thing i heard you say is data right really understanding how you can approach goals so one of the things i think is imperative for companies of all sizes is to understand what they're using for packaging so exactly. instead of having your suppliers house all of your packaging specs, get them inside your organization. And even if it's an Excel spreadsheet, right? How much do each, how much does each part that you use weigh? Um, Get that in a database. And in that way, when you think about consolidating different packages or changing a material, you can actually extract claims from that, right? Or I guess you can report goals from that, right? So if you standardized your clamshells and now you're using 15% less plastic, you can report that, right? You can share that with your customers. I think there's two main things. One is to just look at it to see where do you, what do you have to work with? Like I'm using a lot of packaging, like a polystyrene that has got just some sticky points across the country with different legislation. Yeah. Or if you use a lot of polyethylene and it's rigid, like that's a highly recyclable material. So it gives you a point of view to say, here are things, here are the things we should do based on what we, we use today. And then your second point that you said there, Jessica, is then you need to have somebody to track what you're doing and you need to have a credible way yeah. to track it. And I would honor the process to collect the data. My time, even when I was in, in the CPG world, when we changed systems for the specs, we really had to go in and clean them up. And at Target, we had a different level of specs across different business units. And even the best specs didn't have the things that you want to have in there. So the weight of the package component empty. Yeah. Usually you only see that when you see like a rigid bottle or a tray. Um, so we had to go back and get that. And then we wanted to understand how to collect PCR or recycled content. So we had to go back where we had good specs, where we didn't have specs. We could ask for that right off the bat, but we had different approaches with different business units, just depending on the readiness of the data. And then someone can yeah. help you on your IT team to kind of pull that all together. So it might look really different to different people when they look at a spec for a a durable good or a food item, but people can take that information and combine it. So you can track your goals on a enterprise level. Yeah. So if we talk about a plan, the first thing folks should consider doing is getting your data, understanding what you're doing right now for a couple of different reasons, but mainly it's understanding what you're doing to figure out where you can change. Yep. And where to focus. What's that? And where to focus. Like you want to focus on your biggest hitters, right? Where to use the most material. Yes. On the weight and the sales or what you're selling to your customers. Um, that's where you want to start. And so you, you want to make sure what you're doing, you're hitting those big ones at the beginning. Sure. That makes sense. And then as we think about um, the legislation and, and really some of these things that are coming down the pike that customers or people are going to have to react to, companies are going to have to react to, but it really seems nebulous. Like, there's different legislation all over the, the the country. How do people get organized around what's coming down um, in terms of legislation and things they're going to have to comply with in the future? That's a great question because a lot of the 
um, industry organizations and some of the trade organizations track the data. They'll tell you, here are some laws that are coming, here are the ones that are going to pass. But there is a gap as to what it means to you as your specific company, like what states you're in, what materials you use, and what reporting. There's a significant amount of reporting that I'm reading about for companies to have to report to these states with their legislation. So I think you can take two approaches. You can decide to take that internally and find a team, if it's your government affairs team, if it's your compliance team or your technical team, however you're organized, or you could hire an outside law firm to actually do that for you and actually look at your situation and bring it down to say, so for your company, here are things you need to do by here and here's this date and here are things that you need to be taking. um, Here are the things you need to keep track of for reporting purposes. Okay. So are there, there are law firms that kind of specialize in tracking all of these different. Okay. And I think in some places, maybe that's a kind of a, a good place to start if you're completely overwhelmed, just to understand. But I would Mm -hmm. start looking at the industry trade groups and the industry groups just to understand like the buckets of the buckets of legislation and what state. So you kind of have a sense right away, just so you're, you're grounded in what's going on out there, but what it means to your company, it takes an extra level of detail. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And maybe we can put some of those resources in the show notes for people to kind of start that journey because yep. provide some action, some action items or some action steps. Cool. Um, and then is there anything else that you want to say about um, the new plastics economy principles as it relates to kind of forming this um, corporate goal for sustainability? Yeah. Target, where I worked before I retired about almost two years ago now, um, they are, were a member of the new plastics economy. But even in my consulting now, I find those three pillars of basically look at your packaging and get rid of what you don't need. Because if you don't need yeah. it, it's the first thing you need to do. There's no question you're not doing the right thing. Be careful when you do that. You don't want to create damaged goods or have product that's not sustainable. Yeah. That's way more less sustainable. But it's a good time just to challenge every component and make sure over the years something might have gotten better. And so then you say, okay, I've done all my elimination. And that does include getting out of some problematic materials like a expanded polystyrene or PVC. There's actually a list of, I think, six or more that the U.S. Plastics Pack, which is the U.S. chapter of the overall global um new plastics economy has defined for the U.S., which is good information, it's public. Um, and then mm-hmm. really look at what do you have to make it recyclable? Can you can you use more recycled content? Can you um, tell people that your packaging is recyclable? If it already is, using like a how to recycle label or make some adjustments yeah. to make it easier to recycle. And then you kind of start to have to look further out. And this is where you want to think a broader enterprise view, because if you look at reusable packaging or refillable, that's not something a packaging team can deliver, but an enterprise team could do that. If you're a retailer, mm-hmm. you'd need to talk to your distribution team and your store ops mm-hmm. team and your marketing team. So it comes together and that's, you know, a company can make that decision, but just getting those basic things about elimination and, and, and designing for recycling and see what you have left. And that will help you understand where would I want to go innovate? Yeah, that makes sense. And then as we think about big retailers, they have a lot of, their own sustainability goals, especially as we think about, let's say private label, right? So they want their private label brand to reach or to achieve certain sustainability metrics. And some of those metrics do not align with what's available to different commands in terms of packaging that they either can find or, or maybe they can't run it on their lines or, you know, it gets really complex and challenging in that space. So talk a little bit about like what kind of what kind of power do food manufacturers have to say, okay, 
we can't get there right now, but here's our plan. Like, is there value in these guys coming up with a plan and saying, this is our stretch, you know, this is our goal, this is our stretch goal. We want to be better. And this is our plan. Although it doesn't quite meet the corporate initiative, it's still an organized plan to get better. Like, how do big retailers see that? I think they would welcome that because first of all, you have a lot of big retailers like Target, like Walmart, like Amazon, CVS, Walgreens. I would say, go look at their goals and understand where, where are they overlapping? They most likely have a lot of elimination goals, reduction of virgin plastic goals and using PCR. So let's just stay with PCR because that's kind of an easy one to understand. So say one company says, I want to be at 20% PCR before 2025, another one's 25, another one's 15. I would say you would just kind of organize that and say, okay, here's the scope of it. But if we could just lay out the roadmap as the co-man to say, we'll get to 15 by here, mm -hmm. we'll get to 20 here and then 25. I think it would, you could then demonstrate to your customers, you would move faster because you're on a single trajectory versus you having different yes. inventories for different suppliers. And I also would tap into your customer's knowledge of availability of PCR for your material. So looking at like flexible packaging for food, it's very, very tricky, but looking at detergent bottles or looking at other health and beauty aid bottles, or, um, and there's a lot of work coming on the food side. So I would tap into mm -hmm. your top, you know, you have your special tiers of your customers, right? Your top big ones will mm -hmm. have probably a lot of intelligence to share with you because they're seeing what you're doing. The middle guys mm -hmm. are probably maybe figuring it out, but they won't be at opposed to what you're delivering. And then the small ones will just be delighted that you have a plan to carry that on. And all this, yeah. all this work is lifting all the boats. We don't want one company to win with sustainability goals at the expense of three others because they all want to do the same thing. They all understand everyone wants to do it. Consumers don't look at a brand for sustainability. They look at a category. And you've seen some recent yeah. chatter online about recyclable toothpaste tubes, right? One brand could knock it out of the park, but if all the tubes aren't recyclable, it's very confusing. So if you take this kind of consumer yes. sentiment of like, I just want to know from this format what to do with it, and then you align with all your cust your customers what you do, it's a huge pre-competitive space to collaborate. It's n I've never seen a company like use this as a competitive advantage. And I think the co-mans can really relish that sentiment and understand how they could lead the lead the way. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know that I see a lot of Coman's leveraging their customers as kind of a, a resource to get more learning and yeah. research kind of where to go or, or what to do next. I think that's a good, that's a good point. Okay. So we've talked about, Hey, before you can start anything, you have to know what you're doing, right? So you have to get your packaging specs organized somehow. If it's not in an ERP system, then it's in a spreadsheet. And like you said, not all ERP systems have a robust packaging module. So sometimes you're kind of forced to going into um, something outside of that, like an Excel document, which is totally fine. Um, so you have everything kind of organized and you have the material, you have any relevant, um, claims kind of called out. So let's say you're buying something already that he has, has PCR. You can put that in a column and you can put material weight in a column, whether or not it's recyclable right now. And then your annual volume. So you can calculate how many pounds of each of those products that you you have um so you so let's say you have that and then let's say that you've kind of gone out and and done a little bit of research on your competitive set and kind of what's out there maybe you've talked to your supplier maybe you've talked to your buyer at your key customers and said hey we want to go down this road 
maybe you can provide some guidance into what you, you know, what you're seeing, right? Cause they're seeing tons of different things. Um, so, you, so you kind of have an idea, but then you're not really sure how to, to plot this out or, or where to go next. Yeah. So you're kind of like in a point where you're a little bit stuck, right? You have a lot of information, but kind of putting it all together. Can you explain like, how do you put, put a plan together? Um, how do you think about it and how do you translate that into some sort of a document um, that you can share? Like kind of speak about that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I have two things to say. Here's a way to lay it out. And it's basically a roadmap that we're using as part of the Navigate team at the SPC, which is a mm -hmm. small group of, of um, consultants. There's only three of us. We've just been in place for about a year. But we basically have a way to like, you have all this stuff in your head and you're like, I don't know how to, you, you, it's all important, but you need to sequence it, right? So I love this roadmap that we've come up with at um, Navigate is, first of all, what is your foundational work? So what you just said could be the foundational work for a lot of companies to get their data to a point that they can take action. It won't be perfect, but it'll give them some sense of where to focus and where to probably lead because those, you know, are at the end of the long tail. And then you then you want to understand um, what are your table stakes? Like the the legislation could be table stakes. There could be table stakes work because your um, competition's doing something and you want to be part of that, you know, team. And then you want to go and be a leader. And then you want to basically innovate and like take like you're leading where you are, but innovation is taking you even further. And I think for mm -hmm. some companies, foundation could be finding the data and understanding my company's appetite for this sort of work. Another company foundation could be I have the data and I have some energy in my C-suite, but I need to put some goals together. You know, so every company starts in a different spot. And I like that because it kind of teases it out into four buckets. So you don't lose all those ideas in your head but you're not doing them out of order. Mm -hmm. Like you're not doing some cool innovation thing ahead of having the data to realize that the innovation is right. a big idea. And so we've used that a lot with customers and it just helps. Um, it reminds me of a target uh, tool that you probably remember, Jessica, the now next future. Like what are we going to do now? What are mm -hmm. we going to do next in the future? So it's, I think it's a common way to sequence work, but it, it seems to work with the clients because it helps them understand it's better to do this first yeah, but we're not forgetting that. We still want to be a leader in this space, but we've got some basic building blocks to do. And then my second angle at that, and I learned this a lot at Target because I was very much externally focused, understanding things to bring back recommendations to the company, what to join, what to commit to. But I was lacking in this whole bucket of skills about how do you get a team to do the work? I was just like assuming they knew more because I was living out there. And there was, I had a coworker who was like the opposite of me in every way, but she just sat me down and said, yeah. we, you're not providing the team with the confidence and the clarity to do this sustainability work. And so I sat down and was learning from her and I thought, this is a whole different basket of skills. They're not my skills, mm -hmm. but there's people that have those skills. And the key things that I kind of come up with from my experience, and I was still learning walking out the door at Target. I mean, this is not something everybody yeah. is going to have is first of all, just have a a good sense from your leadership. How ambitious do you want to be? Do you want to be leading? Do you want to be like in the middle of the pack or just stay out of trouble? And for every company, packaging yeah. could be different, right? Like for mm -hmm. Target, packaging is important because consumers, we have our own brands or Target has their own brands and they're like a CPG. And then what is that ambition? And then once you decide what that is, how do you tie packaging goals to like an enterprise goal? So are you, are you all about reducing mm -hmm. carbon? Are you all about reducing waste? And then you speak to your packaging goals in that because then everyone in the company can kind of put it in a good place in their head because they know. And Target had some very simple uh, pillars about that that they had put out with a new program. And then you really want to understand the data again. So if you haven't had the data, 
to understand it. You're going to want the data. And that's where this coworker of mine was super helpful to give me this feedback because yeah. we had to go get the data. And the, it was a heavy lift. I remember her mm-hmm. working with people, working in an areas that you probably worked in, Jessica, food, we had to go get that extra data. And half of the vendors said, they didn't even read the email because they said, we filled your spec out. So we had to remind them, this is yeah. a different spec. It's new and different. Then you mm-hmm. had the ones that were just not going to go into a system. So we used spreadsheets for the top, like, you know, 20% of the vendors to get going. And then we had another system yeah. that we were using for like key lines and drawings that would work for like durable goods. And so then we worked mm-hmm. with the IT team to say, if we collect all this data, how do you do your magic kind of behind the scenes to put it all together. Um, but then, you know, people would love to see the data. Then you could tie it to here's this goal. And then like you said earlier, here's mm-hmm. how we're making progress and come up with a real simple dashboard. And so I wasn't a data person at all. And Je- my friend Jenny oh my was very much into data and she goes, just show me the dashboard you want. I'll figure out what we need to collect. And I just sat there and thought, well, we want like some bar charts <laughs> on our use of PCR. I want to, you know, a yeah. pie chart on how we're getting rid of the materials that we don't want or another bar chart on how we're reducing our packaging. And so I just kind of drew it like mm-hmm. a piece of paper. And then I wrote like a spec for the data and she did all the magic talking to the IT teams. And a lot of this was happening at Target, like in product development too. And so they kind of yeah. they had to gear that up. But um, I think that's super important. And then you start just doing your reporting with some kind of you know quarterly updates um, and then the legislation is another thing you want to understand from your company because you need the data to know what you have. And the legislation is something like your minimum kind of viable work. Right. And then the last two things I would say is Jenny, again, gave me some great feedback. How do you get the team comfortable to talk about this? Because, you know, we both worked at Target. We worked at cross-functional teams and the engineers were excellent at doing the engineering for the work that was in that year's work plan. But for an engineer to walk into a cross-functional team meeting and say, I want to put more PCR in this uh, bottle, they're not, that's not a skill yeah. set a lot of engineers have. They want mm-hmm. data. They want to um, like lead with their strengths, right? So let's give them that data we talked about earlier to say, did you realize that we yeah. have the most high-density polyethylene all across the company? And so here's why we should do this. Coach them on how to bring the data, how to have the conversation, how to talk about the trade-offs. People came up with great one-pagers like when you use PCR. Here's some aesthetic traits mm-hmm. and like, it will always be different. So that team acumen is super important. And then the last one is you start thinking, gosh, this is hard. What are those external resources yeah. out there? And the SPC has great position papers that you can get onto some of their collaboratives. They're just starting a retailer collaborative now, and I'm helping them get that stood up. Just oh. to talk about like what we want to do together. Um, the recycling yeah. partnership has tools to design to be recycled. There's tools out there to do some um, like a, like a mini life cycle analysis, but there's a bunch of things out there. The Association of Plastic Recyclers has great tools to find sources of PCR, or if you're really Mm -hmm. bad in designing for recyclability, they have protocols. So you don't want to be inventing those things. Those are like industry standards, not tied to a company. And so just kind of doing a little tour of what's out there, I would highly recommend Green Blue and the Sustainable Packaging Coalition for just general information and, you know, science-based, they're material neutral, and they're just really trying to make sure we're all moving faster. The recycling partnership, even though it works in communities to increase recycling, they just created a great new tool now that you can go in, it's free to put your package in. And if it's not recyclable, they'll show you why, like it's too small or it's colored. So you can kind of work from that. And we'll put that in the uh, chat or at the end of the call. So people- Yeah, absolutely. 
And then APR yeah. is great about like when you're really deep in the recycled plastic area, they have the expertise to understand, you know, companies now are getting down to label, label composition and adhesive composition and what can come off. And I'm not well versed in that space, but if you are like a water bottle supplier, you would want to mm -hmm. know a lot more about that than if you were a bakery supplier to a, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Supplier, so. Yeah, yes, for sure. Those are kind of the things I would say, you know, understand your leadership ambition, tie it to your company's uh, focus areas, use your data again and use it to report, follow that legislation and the technical acumen of the teams. And then understanding once you realize there's a lot of work here, there's don't try to invent it yourself, go out and find some help. Yeah, that makes sense. And then can you talk a little bit about like what you specifically do and how you're helping companies in this space? Because once you have the information, it, it can be easy to get stuck or you want to maximize the time that you have, right? So like you want to use the your time wisely, of course, and make realistic goals, um, but then also kind of stretch a little bit too. And we talked about a ton of things right now that would influence a plan and that might leave people a little bit um, feeling a little helpless. So stuck again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's basically a great lead up to why they created Navigate. So there's a new executive director at SPC, Paul Nowak. He's been there about a year now and there's only three of us. And I felt quite honored that I was invited to join myself and you shared my background, brand and retail. And then Nina Goodrich is another member and she was the ex retired executive director of Green Blue. So she has a lot of understanding like big picture um, issues, she, big yeah. picture topics. She's very well versed in chemical recycling and understanding in different ways, not just it, should you do it or not, but different, there's different processes for different polymers. So she's got great experience. And then Laura Thompson is much more technical, especially in the paper area, but she herself has come up with a certification program called the Recycle, sorry, it's called the RMS, the Recycled Material Standard that the green blue organization put together and they're rolling that out now. And so you've got, I think I'm more at the high level helping companies just to figure all this out to start the process. Nine mm -hmm. kind of bridges both. And then Laura's more technical. And so we've all been somewhat busy. And um, I know that navigates willing to hire more people to come ad hoc as we do more. Um, but we really wanted yeah. to kind of give back and just help people move faster because we know what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have it all in your head. You just need someone to talk to outside your company. We could come Oh in. yeah, for sure. We typically come in, do a lot of stakeholder interviews and say, here's what we heard based on what you want us to do. Here's a recommended roadmap. Sometimes it's confirming what a company wants and you just get a little more credibility with an outside voice. Sometimes it's helping you put together a story because you want to share it with your leaders. Um, sometimes it's very small, like Laura can come in and do a, a, um, a certification uh, like 101 or someone else might be doing that, or you need a, a sourcing mm -hmm. policy for one of your materials. So it's been yeah. learning, a okay. lot, but we see a lot of the constant themes of we, we don't know what to do because we don't know what we don't know, but it's still like niggling yeah. the brain because you think, well, there's legislation and cons consumers are saying this and that. And so. Yeah. And sometimes I think folks want to lean on their customers to tell them what to do next, because then, they kind of feel like their customers know, know the best because they're kind of tracking all this stuff. They have their goals. And, but in, but in reality, you can do a basic plan and start the journey and start the learning so that you can be in control of where your organization goes. It's really about driving out chaos. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of chaos out there. And so if you have a plan, then you can really avoid a lot of that chaos because it's super confusing 
Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to figure out what to do next. So excellent. And we'll put your, um, we'll put your contact information in, in the, sh the show notes too. So if people want to reach out to you, um, they can, they can do so. Um, cause I think you guys are really onto something that's going to be very helpful for the industry. Yeah. I'm happy to help anyone. Um, we're just finding it's just helping other people just get started by just breaking it into small pieces that you understand yet. You're not losing sleep yeah. the end game. You're, still, you're just going, you know, and I just want to echo, right. you know, Coman's by taking control of the situation and showing that leadership for roadmaps to get to levels of PCR and showing why mm -hmm. they put that roadmap together because of supply or because of equipment runnability. One of the best engineers that I worked with, um, at Target, he said, we should start with 20% PCR because it won't cause us any heartburn, right? We're not going to gum up machines yeah. or we're not going to change the color of the package. And so I think, you know, having those kinds of technical viewpoints that you can share with your customers, I think all of them would like to see that. And then I think my yeah. last thing is I would say is don't stop and say, we can't find it or don't stop and say, we can't run it. There's, a, there's PCR out there. The more I've been consulting and talking to people, they just got to get to the end to say, here's where it is. And either it costs too much for us today mm -hmm. or it's too far away from us. Yeah. But there's a lot of emerging food PCR coming out there. So don't stop before you get to the point where you can understand it for a business decision. We're not going to do it now because it's yeah. too much money. Don't just stop and say, we can't find it. And so that's a well, good thing where yeah. Comans can find it because they have the sourcing teams where like the retailers and others tend that they don't have their own manufacturing they they, they have yeah. to figure out a different way to get there well and what you said too is maybe you can't get it now or yet but it's if you have a plan you can revisit the plan yeah because things are constantly changing in this space like daily yeah um and understand what those drivers of so, change are so we can all be watching them together yeah absolutely all right is there anything else you wanted to add no, I enjoyed talking with you, Jessica, and I would be happy to help anyone. Um, but I would say, Jessica, as an engineer, is to make sure you understand your packaging before you even think about sustainability as a good stuff, as a good yeah. place to go. So someone like Jessica, you can do that with them before you jump into this. Just understand what you have, why you have it, why it's important to protect your product. So you go into your sustainability work with your eyes wide open. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we have a bunch of useful content that we'll put into the show notes um, if you want to contact Kim, you can find her at kim.carswell at blue at greenblue.org, kim.carswell at greenblue.org. And that will again be repeated in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was, this was an amazing conversation. So I appreciate, I appreciate your time and your knowledge. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome.